0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great, Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiancé, Okay. Uh, I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing uh, season four, episode 15 of The Other Way. In this episode, uh, we finish up the season and move on to the tell-all. Gabe and Isabel get married. Gabe has some issues with Mahmoud and his interpretation of his religion. Chris gets physically violent with Jamie. Jen tries to make things clear to Rishi, who may or may not have gotten the point. And everyone has a blast piling on Osama. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dunces, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy.
1: Hello, Mr. O.
0: Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, not too bad. A um, little disappointing. We just lost our last you know, playoff game in overtime. Just why we're recording late and I got back late. and You know, disappointing way to end, but it was a good season for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, the end of the season also means almost the end of the school year, so.
0: Yes. Also, the end of uh, The Other Way season.
1: Yes, that's true. Because this was our last, uh, like, half a episode before we get into the tell-all. And then I know you said that we don't have an episode during uh, Memorial Day.
0: Assuming it's not... Two more tell-alls.
1: So there's only one more?
0: I thought so. Is there two more tell I don't know. I hope not. Well, I don't know. Who I'd knows? Seem, we seem like we had like half the people already.
1: Right. Well, let's get into someone who was on this last episode, and that was Nicole and Mahmoud. Nicole and Mahmoud are going to a garden by the Nile to go swimming. It's been five months in Egypt, and Mahmoud has agreed to move to the U.S., so they're staying in Egypt until the visa gets approved. They discuss the move, and Mahmoud is worried about not finding a job or friends or not liking the mosque. They are both concerned that they will still fight over Nicole's clothes. Nicole is hoping he'll be a little more relaxed and understanding, especially when it's warm outside. Mahmoud says he will be mad if other people can see his wife's muscles. And Nicole asks if maybe he could just control his anger instead. She thinks he's putting his anger on her, even if it's his problem. Mahmoud says it doesn't matter where he is. He'll always be Muslim and he just doesn't know how he'll react. Mahmoud says he hates that she threatens to leave when they argue. Nicole then brings up what he does when they have a fight, like talking to other women from other countries. Mahmoud denies these conversations, but when Nicole brings up specifics of a conversation, Mahmoud asks why she's gone through his phone and asks if she thinks that's okay. She says no, she doesn't think it's okay, but it's just about as okay as him crossing the line with other women. Nicole says that Mahmoud has gotten mad at her and left the house without his phone and she went through his phone thinking she could maybe get some hints as to where he was going and found conversations with other women, with one in particular. It was a woman from China who was clearly trying to sell him a TV, but Mahmoud just started chatting her up instead and sending cute emojis. Mahmoud admits that this was wrong, but also defends the innocence of his chats. He claims that there's nothing in those chats, and it was stupid and didn't mean anything, and he's sorry. Nicole appreciates that he admitted he crossed the line, that it was a mistake, and in the whole grand scheme of things, it really wasn't that terrible. Mahmoud assures her he doesn't want anyone other than her. Nicole is okay letting things go and moving on. They both agree that there are things that they both need to work on in order to move forward, and they shouldn't be taking all their issues to the U.S., Mahmoud uh, wants to be able to change his mind without changing who he is. Nicole thinks there will be a whole new set of challenges when they move to U.S. She hopes that love is enough and they'll just find out soon enough. So at the tell-all in the green room, Nicole is wearing a one-sleeved dress and Gabe asks how Mahmoud is going to react to that. Nicole says that she's decided she's going to stop feeding into his insecurities and not ask permission, so they'll see. Sean, the host, points out that Nicole is dressed less conservatively, and Nicole says that she had sent Mahmoud options, and he didn't pick that one. Mahmoud says that it bothers him, but she still looks amazing, and Sean notes that that was a careful answer, as everyone laughs. We find out that Nicole has been living in Los Angeles, and in 20 days, Mahmoud has his visa interview, and as soon as he gets his spousal interview, he can come over. Nicole moved early so she could get settled with a place and a job so she can financially support them. Mahmoud is supportive of this arrangement, and he has kind words to say that he knew he wanted to marry Nicole after knowing her for a week because he never imagined ever marrying anyone before meeting her. Nicole tells us that she converted to Islam without much consideration about what it meant. Gabe asks, what if their child chooses not to be Muslim? And Mahmoud says that they will teach them and don't worry about it. They will be Muslim. Gabriel then asks if he will force his daughter to wear a hijab. Mahmoud says Islam doesn't force anyone to do anything. And Gabriel points out that he forces Nicole to dress away. And Mahmoud says it's between him and her. Gabriel is pushing back, saying that religion should not be forced on a child. And things get heated, and Gabriel calls him an idiot, and Mahmoud walks out, calling Gabe an asshole as Nicole is crying in tears. Okay, so there was kind of a lot going on. Um mm-hmm. Let's go back to, uh, you know, Chinese woman part. trying right, to sell right. a TV. Mm. <laughs> okay what do you think is going on i mean she's first of all how did these two even get connected she's selling a tv i'm gonna presume in china
0: yeah i mean it's i don't know maybe maybe she wasn't maybe it's all kinds of weird sketchy it seems like a scam but yeah um because yeah he said she was always in china right like when he was like did you get your hotel room safe that was still a hotel room in china it's not like she was in india and like I don't know. It just—it seems like. I mean, I get where she's coming from. It seems like really weak sauce in yes. terms of like the things that we've seen people get in trouble for on their phones. Yeah, and this was like you asked how old she was.
1: Like, right. Like,
0: why would you ask such a thing? And it's like because she was trying to sell me TVs, and I was like, "Who are you? How old are you? Like, who, what what kind of TVs are these?" Like, and he didn't. He didn't. It was. It seems to be a very, very inexperienced. Type of flirting? (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I do think there was some kind of intention there, but you're right. The execution is kind of what saved him because it was fairly innocent. This was like basically a couple of teenage, like preteens. I would even say, like their way of just like you know talking. If yes. you would even call it that. So I mean, yes, yeah, I not agree. Even she, Florida, you know,
0: that's we would just call? It. Oh, are you talking to her? Like yeah. I'm talking. I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm speaking to her now. What do you go? Yeah, but like, so where do you go to school? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're like, I go to your school. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
0: that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I get that it was innocent, but that's not what the issue is. The issue is is that there was intention of you know talking to another woman when. You know, especially since he is very uptight about people's like, you know, are tempted. You know, well, and- right,
0: right. And I was like, and that's uh, literally something I thought when I was watching this. This was like, because it just seemed like really we're going with age and did you get home okay as being like a crazy thing. But I was, and I was like, oh, this is this is a guy that like doesn't watch porn. Right. This is like, <laughs> this is actually like him being like doing something like naughty. This is, this is him stepping out with a woman is being like, so do you like stuff? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it is, you're right. It is the intention. This kind of is, and I wouldn't say it's porn, but this guy definitely would find the idea of porn to be like, no, unacceptable. Cannot do that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what did you think of his reaction to what she was wearing?
0: I think that he was at least smart enough to know that overreacting to that in front of everybody was not going to go his way. Right. And so he was just like, I'm going to let this slide. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, it just comes off as incredibly fake. Yeah. You know, because it's just like, to me, it's kind of the same as why it really bothers me that he's always like telling her one thing and literally in the same breath. But honey, I love you. It just sounds so fake when he says that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds super needy. Like, and 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 you know, I was watching it with my partner, and she was just like, "These people have the worst attachment styles I've ever seen in my life." Like, <laughs> yeah. because he's also he's off-putting, but also super needy about it, and be like, "But I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you so much." Right. Bye. Um, I hate you when you dress like a whore, but I love you. I love you. I love you so much, yeah. right? You know, it's like it, – it goes back and forth like that like so fast. He goes straight back to I love you, I love you, I love you. And it just is like – it sounds like – not like it's something he actually means, but something he says, this is the words that make things go away. That I make that yes. – I just say this. Yes,
1: I, c- I can see that. Like how little kids are like, sorry, and you know that like everything's like, are fine. Are you sorry? Yeah. Yeah. His is like, I love you or some kind of compliment like mm-hmm. – you know, you look amazing.
0: Right. It's But like I had to try, you know, train my daughter out of that. And I was like, mm-hmm. she would just be like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And I was like, are you sorry? Mm-hmm. He's like, I ran into you. Why are you saying I'm sorry? Like she just automatically just did that. Right. And he does the same thing with, oh, things are not going my way. Say I love you. Say you look good. Go quickly, quickly. Make it happen. Um, but I mean, we, we we can see that he doesn't really, he's not really capable of maintaining that. <laughs> as right. the, When the pressure comes on. Yeah, which makes me, after watching this, um, pretty concerned about his visa interview because I feel like the visa people are going to push your buttons, right? Let's let's see if this guy gets violent and angry if we
1: yeah say something about his religion, right? We have Gabe who is very clearly bothered by Mahmoud. And I'm sure it has to do with how he comes off as very controlling. I'm sure it has to do with Gabe being or having these, you know, negative encounters with religious, like highly religious people who have, Mm -hmm. you know, been hateful towards uh, him and his uh, life choices. So, you know, he came for Mahmood and I felt it was a little unnecessary. I get what he was going at, but it's like. It's not your kid. Why do you give a crap if, you know, yes, oh, no, ask your this question, was, this sure. Was, yeah,
0: this was certainly Gabe working through his past trauma on Mahmoud, right? This yes. Is, this is – he's met a lot of – and I really think that's what he wants to tell those people because at the end of the day – Right. At the end of the day, I don't know if Mahmoud knew he was trans. And if he did, there's a chance Mahmoud would be like, don't talk to me. I cannot talk to you. You're disgusting. No talking to me, right? Sure. There's, that's a non-zero chance that he would be like that and – it and I thought um, Gabe kind of—I mean—he definitely came across as somebody who was reacting emotionally to
1: mm-hmm. what was happening.
0: Not react, yeah. not like that because he has plenty of experience with religious people that think they know how everybody get, should live. And mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of bothered me that Sean at one point was like, "Well, would you be saying this if it was a Christian?" And I was like, "I feel like Gabe is talking to Christians right now." Like yeah. everybody that has has insulted him up to this point has probably been a Christian. Like, sure. And, and Gabe would give give that out to Christians just as much. And it it's not the fact that it's Islam. It's the right. fact that his partner has a way that she wants to present herself to the world. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, you can't do that. You have to do what I say. You have to present right. yourself the way I want you to. And that's – Literally been his tr- entire struggle his entire life.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. And then using religion as the reason. But it yes. really just seems like, um, you know, then – I don't know. It kind of goes back to the whole, you know, even what uh Gabe's experience with. We found out his name, Reuben. I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. Isabel's dad. <laughs> we're like, we finally got a name. Um even like Reuben talking to him, it's like he said, you know, uh we're taught to love people like in our religion, so why wouldn't I love you? But it's like, yes, I feel like that is certainly part of the teachings, but that is not how it gets executed like, realistically, and that's yes, not in Gabe's experience.
0: Right, right. And and that's why, and that's where he comes with, with the forcing, right? And that was mm-hmm. a, just a, a miscommunicate a thing that I feel like sometimes <sighs> I see religious people of all stripes and it bothers me, and mm-hmm. it's kind of the idea that I'm getting there as, not getting there as a parent, but as a parent, I don't understand where other people are coming from, is that you don't own your children. Mm-hmm. They are not your property. They are their own people, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, the idea of it is like, He's like, well, I'm not going to force him to be a Muslim. I'm just going to teach him. And if I teach him the right way, then he'll be a Muslim just like I am and Mm -hmm. think the exact same thing I thought. And he's like, well, then that's indoctrination and indoctrination is forcing. Like if you don't (laughs) let them have their own opinions and you're just so confident that I will teach – you think I don't know how to teach my child to think exactly like me. And Uh it's also a super naive thing for somebody who's not a parent to think, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean on the smaller scale, it's like, wow. And you know this about me. I really like sports. Right, and so mm-hmm. I like, "Well, I'll be there. My, there will be sports in my kids' lives. We'll play sports. We'll do stuff." Both of my girls fucking hate sports, both of them. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: yeah. and like, they want nothing to do with. They, it. Want they won't play to it. They do not watch it. Yeah,
0: and it's like, and that, that, and and you just have to, you know, learn to be like, well, I guess they're their own people, and I'm not going to be like, no, you sit here and watch this football game with me until you like it. It's like that's that's not the way it works, and it's not. You know, something you necessarily can do is people kind of think the idea, well, I'm not going to force my kids to do anything, but if I teach them the correct way, they of course will believe with me, believe Mm -hmm. in me, and it – that's just – that's not true, right? And so, when he's like – when he's just like, there's no other option. If I teach them, they will be – they will not just be Muslim, but follow my same exact interpretation of what it means to be um, Muslim, Mm -hmm. and there's no way to do that but to force them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hate to call him this, but it's the only kind of uh, name that comes to mind. But like the weak minded who never question. And I just get the feeling, especially after, uh, you know, him meeting Nicole's friend for a second neuron for sure Mm -hmm. that he hasn't ever questioned. And so I feel like people who have never questioned, it's harder for them To like consider a world where people question, right? And so that's why Mahmoud is like, yeah, well, if I teach them, it's going to be super obvious, you know, and they'll believe it too.
0: And you'd think he would know that because he's been unable to convince Nicole of anything. Right. right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just like she's been teaching Nicole about this for how many years now? And it's like nothing. She's got nothing.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's go on and uh, – well, let's talk because we were talking about them. Let's talk about Gabe and Israel, Isabel. So we see them in the episode and Gabe, Gabriel's finally putting his suit on. So maybe, you know, maybe this Monica stuff is kind of behind us and it ends up just kind of being – they just kind of blow past it. So he's not telling Isabel about the Monica situation because she doesn't need any more stress today. So he's just going to tell everyone that she's sick and move on from there. So he arrives and gives – as you said, we learned Isabel's dad's name and it's Reuben. He gives Ruben a hug and introduces um, him to his mother. So Isabel is relieved that Gabe is here and while she's still upset about him being late, at least he's here now and they can go through with the wedding, get here what they came to do, get it done. So the wedding starts, which is always a really boring part to write about because it's just – they're all pretty standard. There's emotional music. They have happy smiles. There's tears. They, we didn't even get vows this time. We got like them <laughs> repeating the stuff. But so, But it does remind us the one thing about a wedding – um, is, um, that, and my advice for people, free life lesson in here, before the wedding, practice putting the ring on somebody else's finger because it's <laughs> weird and you're not used to doing it and it's not hard to figure out, but like just practice it a couple of times. Okay. So, um, anyway, so then of course the producers, they always get the thing. We're like, we're married. Um, so then we move on to the reception and, the, the strong tradition of all the single ladies of the wedding not trying to catch the bouquet is alive and well there too. (laughs) So they're eating and Isabel asks where Monica is. And he says that she was very upset, but he doesn't know why. And then kind of is like, maybe we should go say hi to everybody. So Isabel doesn't like that Monica made Gabe feel bad, but sucks to her. (laughs) This is my fun night. I'm not letting you ruin it. So then the drinking and the dancing and the all start. So everyone gets a turn to tell the camera how much they love Gabe and how much they love this relationship for Isabel. And things are pretty much all good. And then we didn't really get to them in the, at the, at the tell all, but Gabe seems to be, I feel like the only person, at least in the green room, in any tell all we've ever had that actually watched the show before he came on to the tell all. Yes.
1: And, uh, it was very interesting. I was on board with everything Gabe said. I was like, yes, I agree, Gabriel, because he, was already as like Chris is full of shit. I'm like yes, <laughs> yeah. and then he gets to freaking Osama, and I'm like, what show did you watch?
0: My my conspiracy theory on that is he didn't. They filmed it before, or he didn't get to see the last couple episodes. Like, okay. he didn't get to see the painting thing.
1: That makes more sense because I'm just like, what show were you thing, watching? No,
0: that's that's it. No, nothing. <laughs> as we, as we will see later. So. Anyway, so uh, let's go back because most of their stuff was wedding stuff, right? It was actual yeah. show stuff. Yeah. And so what do you think of his um, kind of idea to tell everybody that Monica just wasn't feeling well and that's why she's not there? Uh,
1: I mean, whatever. I mean, the reason why I say whatever is because at the end of the day, Gabe was the only one that was hurt by Monica's actions. You know, yeah. him telling Isabel the truth – I mean, other than Isabel getting equally mad, like, why is she mad at, like, me? You know, why is what I, you know, and, like, kind of putting it on Isabel, you know, like, oh, it's not that he would present it this way. But if he told her exactly why, Isabel Mm -hmm. could be like, oh, so it's my fault she's not here, you know? So I feel like I support Gabe not really telling her the truth for that reason, because Isabel doesn't need to feel that she was the cause of this. Quite necessary like unnecessary drama to be right. honest. Yeah. Unnecessary yeah. Drama. Totally. Yeah. But at the same time, Isabel didn't give crap if Monica's there. She didn't even notice until the reception. She was like, <laughs> oh, wait. Monica's not here. Oh, OK. Right. And then yeah. she asked.
0: Right. and Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just don't know. It was It was a little bit like – I don't know exactly what you say. But I feel like when you're like she's not feeling well, you're going to get some people trying to solve that problem right like, oh well, maybe I could and they're like don't know, no, just there's no. but I guess if you told people the truth, but you definitely don't want to tell people the truth because you don't want people you don't want to be that set. you don't want to be Chris, right right? Well, you know my mom having problems with my sister at the wedding when it's supposed to be all happy times, right? Right, right. And that definitely sounds like to me a Chris move of being like, wow, there's something that went wrong in your life at this moment again.
1: Yes, you have we to complain to about it to everyone as yes. much as possible and use it <laughs> right. as an excuse for everything. Yes, right. Yeah. And so I
0: get not wanting to do that, but I don't know. I just I just don't know what white lie is is the best white lie.
1: I, I you know I she mentioned something of, about know. she might not show up, but you know I didn't get the full story. It's too busy.
0: Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah, I got my own stuff to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very true. Uh, Okay, so let's move on to Jen and Rishi. So, Rishi is brokenhearted over the breakup, and he's not quite ready to accept it. So, he goes to the temple to pray and to meet with his astrologer and friend, Nitesh. He tells Nitesh that Jen and her friends came to visit his family with a translator, and they told his family about the engagement. His family rejected their relationship because of their age, and Jen gave him back uh, the engagement ring, even though they both love each other. Uh, He tells Nitesh that he doesn't want to give up, but Nitesh told to him he saw in their horoscope that he never saw them getting married, but he just didn't tell him because he's also his friend. Nitesh repeats that they were not meant to be married. Rishi says he believes in love more than he believes in astrology, and he wants to fight for this relationship. Jen thinks that Rishi needs to understand that it's over, and maybe he won't until she's out of the country, but in the meantime, they are meeting up for tea. Rishi gives Jen an awkward side hug. Rishi tells Jen he's been having a hard time accepting the breakup. Jen says that they both need to move on, and she's going to move back to the U.S. and tells him that this is the last time they'll probably see each other even though they had this tell-all that they knew was going to happen. But they hold hands as Jen tells him that she wants him to be happy. Rishi is quiet, quiet but clearly emotional. Rishi says uh, if this is what she wants, he will do it for her. He tells her what a beautiful person she is inside and out. He says that it's only because of circumstance that they can't be together. Jen doesn't regret the relationship because of all the love that was there. They share a qu- very quick kiss as they say goodbye. Rishi says he will fight for the relationship, even though he knows he'll be fighting alone, and he's not sure if he'll ever see her again. Okay, so at the tell-all, since Jen has come back, she says that Rishi and her have talked a little bit, and she was kind of coy. That was just kind of more of an intro. Uh, I'm sure they'll have their segment coming up um, the next time, but what do you think rishi means when he says he's gonna fight this relationship alone
0: literally have in my notes what the fuck does that mean (laughs) how do you fight for a relationship alone that doesn't make any sense at all no
1: it doesn't it's like okay uh you're gonna fight against her for her
0: i mean i guess in theory if he went and tried to uh, get his parents to say it was okay and then he could go back to her and say like, oh, my parents say it's okay now. Like you can live in Mumbai and uh, I've moved heaven and earth and bent the whims of culture to my will and now it's good. Then I guess he could probably get her back. But
1: okay. that's not
0: realistic at all. <laughs> so no. I don't know what he's fighting. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not even an astrologer, and I'm like, yeah, I could have also told you that this was never going to happen.
0: Yes, those stars. What stars? I don't even know how. You know how many stars have to line up for that to be a possibility? It's like all <laughs> of them. Just all the stars have to be in a single line in the sky. Yeah, not like, no, now we can do it. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. but I think it also doesn't help, like his delusion of you know what will or won't be, if you know he's fighting alone as he says and he's getting some positive feedback because apparently J- him and Jen have been talking
0: yeah I don't know I, f- I literally think they were just talking about uh that they should both wear green a tell all oh, like gosh. because they definitely coordinated with each other I don't know that yeah. it was that much talking because I actually thought Jen did a really good job in this episode with of what? like well he wanted to meet again right? Yeah. After she gave him the ring back last time. Right. And she literally was just the way she kind of handled that conversation. It was like, mm-hmm. tell me where you think we stand right now. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I need to hear from you where you think we stand. And then after you tell me that, I will tell you where we actually stand. So there is no confusion here.
1: Right. About but what's then going at the on. same time, talk about mixed signals. Like I was like, wait, why did they just kiss? Now I get that it was a very, it, this was not like a make out kiss, but it's also. I don't know. I, it, I, as an adult, I don't kiss my parents on the lips. You know, it's just like, what was that? No, I could.
0: Okay. A hug would have been more appropriate, but the, the I, because, and it's tricky because they, they do still care for each other. And, yes. And they're, I think he's accurate. If the situation were different. And, sure. Then they would be together. It's not, it's not the dynamic between the two of them that's wrong. Right. right. That doesn't, that doesn't work. And so, like, it, I don't. I've never broken up with someone that I was still like, you know, we were both in love with each other and we still broke up. Right. That's a unique situation. And that's kind of where the that's kind of why it doesn't seem that weird that it's like just a kiss. to be like, OK, this is your kiss. Goodbye. That's it. Because she said, like, before that, we are never seeing each other again. <laughs> like, this yeah. is the last time we are meeting.
1: Well, and that was just such a silly thing to say, because it's like they knew this tell all was coming. That's so true. even – I mean even Debbie Onasama, who she probably would like to never have seen him again. She doesn't have a choice. Unfortunately, she has to see his ugly mug on this tell-all.
0: Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just – I I – they're done. I mean they're done and, and this is kind <laughs> of one of those ones where we had to pretend that we come on the tell-all. Like I think it's a high happy birthday like type of talking and it's like, well, I'm not going to say we didn't lie. I just don't – I don't think they're actually in any kind of steps to make any kind of get-together
1: happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So, let's kind of move on to mine. So, we didn't really see much of Danielle and Johan, except for them kind of arriving and then Johan interrupting during Osama's big thing. So, we'll talk about that later. But I don't know. Danielle is always still being Danielle, thinking that, oh, everybody's going to criticize me for standing up to this beautiful, gorgeous man. They Mm -hmm. think I should just do whatever he says. Like, no, that is not why they're going to criticize you, Danielle. Like, get (laughs) your – I don't know where your head is, but you got to get it out of there. Um, (laughs) But like I said, we didn't really – just heard an intro from them. They weren't in the episode at all. But we did hear a lot. No, not a thing in the episode. But we sure did hear a lot of them that tell all and that's Debbie and Osama. Mm -hmm. So Osama comes up in the green room. Like I even wrote that before Debbie gets there, before anybody gets there. Because like you said, Gabe wants to know what Nicole and Danielle specifically think of him. Nicole is pretty sure that he just love bombed her and then changed his entire story once he once she got there. Mm-hmm. And we're talking talking about what people are familiar with, and then surprisingly, Gabe, like we said, thought his love was genuine for Debbie. Um, <laughs> oh, but I right. I I am confident that he was disillusioned of that after this episode after yeah. this this uh, tell all. So <laughs> then we see De- then we see Debbie arrive and she just arrives. Oh my god. It it she just comes in and is like, "Oh my god, I'm here at the yeah. center of temporary insanity."
1: <laughs> she's just funny. As, she's, she's a character.
0: She really is. She's excited to see Osama on her words and it, it, maybe even she'll be driven to say some unkind things. <laughs> so then we and then we get to see her outfit, which was just a huge puffy feather coat. Yep.
1: with a matching uh fan with a
0: hot pink yeah, sequin dress. I said, green knee-high boots and a peacock feather fan that has those pink feathers on the fan. I mean, she – like you said, she is a character.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: and I'll kind of pause here and say, I, but I feel like this is genuinely who she is. Oh, yeah. I feel like some this of the other characters sure you've is. seen have been like, you're putting this on for social media. You're just trying to get a fame. Like, nah. this is just her being like, I'm going to wear pink and you can't stop me. Yeah. Because I'm 67 years old and I don't have to give a shit what you think.
1: Like, yeah. I'm here for it 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 seems more genuine to me when someone's not trying to monetize off of it right
0: right, right and it's also not something that's it's not like something that you go on social media and be like, oh yeah, everybody's dressing like that like there's this yeah. there's this trend going around that's not that is this is her drum that she's yep. that she's going to, so we start with them, and Sean asks if they've been in any communication, and they haven't spoken since she left but that's not for lack of trying on Osama's part because <laughs> he's tried to call her, they say literally thousands of times. Ridiculous. So they check in with all the couples and then they come back to them. So we get some recap. Debbie says the old Osama, which is the Osama before she came to Morocco, wasn't mean. But once he got there, he became very unkind. So they ask Osama for his side of his story and he claims that they never at all discussed her living in Morocco full time. And hmm, she just might be smoking something or something. So, that's when Johan comes up because Johan has a very clear and concise and stupid opinion. Yeah. Give this guy a green card. He wants it. He works hard for it. You should just let him have it. And you know why? Because that's what Johan wants. Johan just (laughs) wants someone to give him a green card. And he thinks everyone who expresses interest in getting a green card should have an old lady get it for them. That is the way the world should work.
1: (laughs) Everyone in that room just like looked at him like they couldn't even believe – that he would, he would have the audacity to say that, And it's like, well, guess who has the most audacity to say that? Because he's the only one married that has that like motive. He doesn't have right. to worry about it. He can just let all his shit out. Because what are they going to do? Deny him? Now?
0: Yeah. Like, and then, and then, it, then it kind of got weird because then the gay brought up the the idea that Debbie might be using. Osama to get a green card to Morocco, which is kind of like everybody's like, uh. I don't what? think she
1: liked it that much. I don't much. think that was a yeah you know,
0: thing. <laughs> um, but Gabe also was like, "Look, if you were trying to use this lady, she could have set you up with a cushy life in Morocco, and you just blew that." Like, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Um, so anyway, uh, Osama says that he did love Debbie, but doesn't anymore. Sean's confused though. If you don't love her anymore, why did you try to call her a thousand times? <laughs> So he says that – he says – this is what he said. I had to call her even though she wasn't picking up to explain to her that this relationship was at its end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. That is the dumbest excuse. You couldn't come up with a dumber – and it's an excuse, right? Oh, 100%. There's no way that's real. And if it is, that guy is a social moron.
0: Yes. I had to call that store – over and over again to tell them that they were closed like that's the why that doesn't it doesn't make any logical sense like yeah if she's not picking up the phone guess what the relationship's over you don't need to end anything
1: (laughs) you don't need to be the one to reject her to tell her that (laughs) that's already been passed so
0: all the while like debbie's son julian is like in the background in the back room just like rolling his eyes at this so (laughs) jen is just cracking up about this whole i called and the relationship thing um and because she – and even, she even then spells it out like, how are you ending the relationship? She's clearly not calling you. <laughs> like, So, she was like, who does this? Like, who even does this to depict – and Osama <laughs> just says, me, Osama, do this. <laughs> so
1: dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't – I'm not even sure. I think it was a language thing because I'm not even sure she was like – understood that he was like, who would do this? What kind right. of person? I think he meant like – like, she literally meant – who called? And he was like, "I did. I called." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so even it's still like, funny.
0: <laughs> even Mahmoud thinks it's suspicious and is like, "I don't think it's you were trolling to break up." But even still, you shouldn't be with her because she's sixty-seven. And they, the piling on—they just go around to like almost every person, and they're like, "What do you think?" And they pile on. Then we get to Rishi, who says Osama's a robot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just, that was kind of funny. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's got like, to Morocco whoa. and met a robot. It's
0: like, <laughs> oh, my God. It was <laughs> – then they bring Julian on and I don't know. He was weird, too. Yeah. Because he comes on like he's a WWE wrestler. She's like, I'll tell you what, son, if you're going to come into my ring, you're not going to – what are you doing?
1: It was very performance style, you're right. And it's like, and what are you really going to do? He's not there in person.
0: And he's never going to be here in person. You were never going to see this person in person. Right, yeah. Right? So, Julian, though, tells us – fills us in more about this Osama trying to communicate. He says at some point he sent 60s texts in two hours. (laughs) So, you know, just like one text every couple minutes. Um, and says that says, you know, the texts were like saying lovey dovey, like I love you type stuff, which const- contradicts his, I was just calling to break up.
1: Yeah, stupid. But
0: Osama doesn't remember that. So Julian yells at him for more, and Osama calls Julian a dog, and Julian tells him he needs to visit a dentist. <laughs> and then Julian's like, well, why don't you shut up and get a job? And Osama, this was my favorite part of Osama right here. This was just, of all the ridiculous things, right. he says, I'll never do that. Because I'm a poet and I will die for my dream.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, like Rishi wasn't wrong. Like some of his responses were very robotic. Like, it, I, I don't it know. Make, it's like what ChatGPT would respond or something. You yes. Know? It
0: very to feel like that. Because they ask about physical attraction and he's like, tell everyone about that night in Casablanca. And it just seems like he tried to make out with her or something. It doesn't sound like anything actually happened as much as he made an advance. Right? <laughs> yeah. So we talk about money, and she says that over over the four years they were together, she spent maybe three, four thousand, which is chump change, she says. So that brings forward Chris. For I know where you're coming from, sending money to people who don't, who are just taking advantage oh, of gosh, you. Shut but up, Chris. That pretty much was the response to that. <laughs> yeah. So then they're like, you know, even Gabe. Gabe's still trying to defend his boy here, being like, well, why don't you? You don't have to get a real job. Why don't you just, you know. Sell some art. People love to come to Morocco and buy Moroccan art. That sounded yeah. like great. And he is like, no, under no circumstances. I can only sell it to those that understand the deep meaning of my art. Oh, my god! This gosh. is the fun that made no sense to me. I want someone who appreciates my art, not someone that will hang it in their living room. It's like, <laughs> what do you think appreciating art is besides hanging it in your living room?
1: Wow. Gabe's <laughs> so. reaction was really funny, too. He's like, dude, I'm trying, I'm really trying trying to be on your side here. (laughs) So no one, it makes
0: sense to literally no one. Even Gabe was like, what does that mean? And (laughs) was like, well, you can't understand because you're not an artist. (laughs) It's like, what? So they leave this to circle back to ask if he tried to get Debbie back into a relationship. And at this point, he maybe kind of admits it. I don't know. So Sean asks if Debbie would respond respond to him after today. And she was like. He'd have to move a mountain. Maybe like buy me an airline ticket. And Julian's like, stop. No, that's not. That's not a big enough. Like that's not moving
1: a mountain. That's something that he can legitimately do.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, but Osama says he has no no interest no interest in that. So they take a break, and then after the break, we have a super awkward part where then Debbie is trying to hook her son up Julian up with Jen. He was like, Hey, she was making Google ads at you. She's cute. You know,
1: (laughs) I was (laughs) gonna say that I noticed that too. Like Jen was super like oh when Julian came out and then she said something that was like in support of what he was saying and I was like yep I think she's into him.
0: I, 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 that would that would be that would be something. I, yeah. I wouldn't, would be. I mean, he said at one point he's a cop and that is extraordinarily believable. Like he has he definitely has oh, big yeah. cop energy. He right? for
1: sure gives off those vibes a hundred percent. Yeah, even like ex-military turned cop. I can sure. Definitely. Yeah. He gives off those vibes for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh I I could see. There's like it's so funny to me like this whole like 90 day connections like uh Veronica who was uh hosting the show, she was kind of seeing Kim of Kimbali's uh son Jamal. Oh, so right, it's right. like mm-hmm. I feel like there's all these random like connections, so who knows? Maybe Julian and Jen are the next thing.
0: Maybe, maybe. All right. So, which of all the things, which of the Osama isms was the most ridiculous?
1: I thought the I did. Osama did that, <laughs> <laughs> like, refer himself. Does that in the third I person. I do.
0: I'm the kind of person that does that. Me. <laughs> Osama does.
1: Oh my gosh, that was so <laughs> funny. But yeah, I'm with Rishi on this one. Like, total robot. Oh, yeah. It's like like he does
0: not seem like a person at all.
1: Yeah. 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 Very subdued. Yeah. Just everything was very matter of fact. But at the same time, not of actual fact.
0: Oh, it was – yeah. His his tone was matter of fact. His tone was flat. What he was saying was absolutely
1: ridiculous. Right. Total lies. Total bullshit. And it's like – Poets can't have jobs. What does he expect to happen like – with texting her so many times, calling her so many times. Like, he he thinks that she'll just be like, oh, okay, I changed my mind. Yes, you've won me over. Your persistence has won me over.
0: But he has poem to read. I read poem to you. I have poem to read. Listen to yeah, poem. Yeah, I, I don't Mountains know. Mountains, move, books.
1: But this water, is what I appreciate love. about Debbie is I feel like she – is not going to, you know, fall for that bullshit and I'm like good for you Debbie. No,
0: I mean Debbie, Debbie I mean I she she definitely trusted him at first but she mm-hmm. is definitely a, you know, Fool me once, shame on me person, right?
1: Yeah, except for her whole, like, he should buy me a ticket. That was like, whoa, that doesn't sound like Debbie. What are you trying That's to not say there?
0: I mean, I think it might have been to be like, I know he's too broke to buy a plane ticket. Right, like,
1: right. <laughs> You're like, trust me, to be able to afford a plane ticket is a, a moving a mountain.
0: <laughs> yeah, that without having a job or selling your art or like that was – yeah, yeah. d- that was the part that – I was like, what what is – I really want to know what this guy's dream is. Like when he pictures himself as a successful artist, what is he doing? Like
1: sitting around doing his art thing all day. But how do people – but he wants – he says,
0: he says he wants people to appreciate his art. What does people appreciating his art look like to him?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. His art wasn't that good Like from what we saw. No, it wasn't. It
0: was it was it was it was what you do a wine and paint night. It well, wasn't, I was gonna say, I
1: feel like yeah. I've made better things from wine and paint night.
0: Yeah, it's it's not incredibly <laughs> no. good art, but it was like even if, I mean, is he just like I will only accept being Andy Warhol? Like that's my, that's uh, it's it that it's that or nothing, and I won't take any steps in between. I just want to be the darling of New York City and go to yeah. galleries and have fancy things and be invited to the Met Gala. Is that like his? Is that what he thinks is going to happen? Well, and that's the thing, too,
1: is he doesn't come off as an incredibly social person, right? And so, like, that kind of artist lifestyle, the way I kind of envision it, is there is a lot of, like – Just kind of sitting around socializing with people. And schmoozing,
0: for sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, and just kind of like, you know, hanging out. And he just doesn't seem like the kind of person who has a lot of friends and really, like, connects well with people in that way where he would just be hanging out and people would hang on to his every word, you know?
0: Right. Well, because I mean, yeah, that's true. Because I mean, the other thing too is if if I, if I am asked, "Wow, this is a, this is a lovely painting, Osama. Can you explain what you were thinking?" When you he just be like, "It's very deep meaning of good art, and it has deep meaning. And if you can't see the deep meaning, you are not an artist."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, I can definitely see him not connecting and being very <laughs> condescending about his work, and people being very turned off by that, even if it is genius. Yeah, and
0: it's and again, as stress again, it is definitely not genius. Like, no, it's not.
1: It's very elementary, <laughs> if anything, right?
0: But it's just, I, I just, I, I really want, if of all things that I want to hear from Osama, I want to hear like, what? Describe to me your life, and describe to me how you are able to provide for your life with people appreciate. I'm doing the finger quotes on the screen that nobody can see. People appreciating the deep meaning of your art. Right. What what does that look like? Because he just seems against doing anything to make money. And it's like, this is a lot of excuses for just wanting to be lazy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, Speaking of lazy or at least perceived laziness, let's move on to Jamie and Chris. So Chris, if you recall from last week, has walked off because she said she's not going to be treated like that. And like that means, I don't know, having difficult conversations. So Jamie Mm -hmm. says that it doesn't matter if she raised her voice or not. Chris was going to walk off anyway because she doesn't want to have this conversation. Chris tells us that her son went to jail for drug related offenses. And that's why she didn't come back for Jamie's birthday. Chris thinks that Jamie is being selfish for not understanding. Chris also points out to us that she was working while in the U.S. and sending Jamie money all the time. Jamie tells us that she is in bigger debt than normal because she trusted Chris to provide. She also says she was understanding of the situation with Chris's son, but she's more bothered that the two weeks originally promised turned into five months, and she feels like Chris made a lot of broken promises. Jamie also points out that Chris's son was arrested weeks before her birthday, so it was just another excuse to add onto the pile. Chris seems to just get mad when Jamie is right about things, and it makes it difficult to communicate with her when she doesn't want to listen. Chris comes back and sits down quietly, and Jamie asks if she's ready to listen. Chris says that it's not fair to not let her respond. Jamie says that she doesn't listen to her, and she just needs to get things out of her head, and Chris interrupts her to ask her condescendingly what the rent budget was, which Jamie says $400. Chris says that she got an apartment for $5.50 and Jamie says that they can talk more about this same subject as she crosses her arms and Chris interrupts to say that she's done with Jamie's selfish ways. Chris says that her son will always come before her and she's moving out and she tells Jamie she's done every time Jamie opens her mouth to cut her off. Chris then yells from afar to get someone else to pay her bills. Chris thinks it's pointless talking to her. Jamie says she's tired, so it's simple to let her go. They have to awkwardly, it seems like, ride back together. So Jamie's trying to talk to producers about how she never wanted any of Chris's things Uh, while she's trying to get into the van with Chris. And Chris says that, you know, she got into this van to get away from her. So she yells in Jamie's face to go away. Jamie doesn't move. So Chris shoves Jamie so she can try to slam the van door shut. Jamie just points out that Chris is crazy. You can just look for yourself. Jamie doesn't know how, uh, you know, it's going to be that Chris looks her in the eye and all Jamie sees is hate. Okay, so at the tell-all, Chris says she's been extremely sick the last few days, so it's a lot just to be there. Gabe just rolls his eyes when she tells Mm -hmm. the group this because he just thinks she is full of shit. Chris thinks that Jamie has a lot of resentment towards her, so she's unsure how this will go. At the tell-all, we find out that the two of them haven't talked since the last fight. All right, so... uh, What do you think would be the best solution to them both being able to say their piece? Because Chris is the most frustrating type of person to me to have in an argument because she's constantly cutting you off because she's – she always feels the need to have to defend herself. So, if you just say one thing, she's cutting you off because she's got to defend that point.
0: Right. No. They, they need to have the the speaking toy or ball <laughs> or conk or whatever, you know. Um But she also has to follow it because you're right. Yes. Because you're like – yeah. Because Jamie's like, let me say my piece and I want to say what I have to say and then Literally, instead of like responding to the points, mm. she doesn't even say "I'm responding to the points." She says, "Why did you? You did. You have to give me a chance to defend myself. How am I supposed to hear, me You give me a chance to defend myself. I need mm-hmm. to defend myself." And it's like, okay, you're turning every conversation into a battle where I'm, we're arguing over your worth or something. I don't know what you think we're arguing about, but like. She takes every – again, that's the definition of being super defensive and she doesn't yeah. let Jamie finish really anything. Now – and it, it, it's tricky too because I'm curious about how much of the conversation actually happened the way it went down because mm-hmm. you know they kind of edited it to look like Jamie was talking for all of 15 seconds before she's like, I had to sit here and listen to you talk for how long without being able to defend myself and it was like – you mean all of like – Two minutes,
1: right? And I mean, we know just even based on the sun that they were there, like when the sun was up, and then it's like when they were leaving, the sun is down. So I mean, clearly this was a longer argument than fifteen minutes.
0: Yes, yeah, and and so I I do think they maybe you make her look bad on that, but I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to take her side on things like that when she does that. When um, I don't think there's been a scene all season that didn't start with her complaining.
1: Yeah. She's, she's just negative energy all around. She's, she is the most like annoying type of person. Like I could never be, have any kind of friendship with this person. I couldn't be friends
0: with her. Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. I mean, and then to me kind of like just, this is just exemplifies my frustration with her is, you know, when she decides that she's done, at anything, Jamie's saying, I'm done. She's cutting her off. I'm done. I'm right. done. I'm done. Yeah. Jamie can't speak. And it's just like, oh my gosh, just get out of here.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that bothered me was when, you know, even at the tell-all, they're like, oh, hey, Chris, how are you? I was violently ill last night. It was terrible. I can't yeah. even. I'm like, okay, everything's about you. Good. Okay. Like, even yeah. if you were, like because I was like putting in my head, what if I was sick all night? I'd have been like, oh, man. I had a pretty rough night i was wasn't feeling great, but uh you guys look great like i would I would not dwell on that. everybody should feel sorry for me because I was right. violent- I definitely would not use the phrase violently ill,
1: yeah no she definitely what comes off as someone who has that Munchausen's, you know, like mm-hmm. I do think there is some truth to like her ailments, right, but I also feel like she. Dramatizes it for attention as well.
0: Well, okay. So what I thought was funny. Did you catch it? Okay, I'm curious. But how familiar are, are you with the movie Friday?
1: Uh, not at all. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. So there's a part in the movie Friday where like the 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 the, the drug addict person that's always like bothering everybody like falls in a store on purpose and goes ah my neck ah my back my neck and my back right yeah. Gabe 100% almost said that about Chris. He was like, he was like, oh, my neck, oh, my back, oh, my other thing. Like, he was like, wait, I probably should not directly quote the movie. <laughs> about him, yeah. Implying that this is 100% fake.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize what that was in reference to, but yeah, like, she's just uh, so terrible. And I'm really interested i think probably the most interested to kind of hear you know their portion of the tell-all because i think this is certainly a better forum for jamie to finally to get to say what she wants and it also helps that even if sean kind of wimps out like being hard on her you know gabe's coming for her and I'm like, right. I'm for oh, it. Yeah,
0: Gabe is – Gabe is, Gabe is right. not
1: about her at all he does, and yeah. he, the way he went after Mahmood, it's like, okay, yeah. good. Yes. Same I mean, intensity. I, I, just,
0: I just feel like there's going to be a lot of, oh, Jamie actually got to tell her story and instead of Chris being able to just be like, well, you know what? You're selfish and I'm done. It's going to be like yeah. Sean, Sean being like, whoa, she said that. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. Is that what happened? And she'll have to be like, well, like, you know, and actually have to respond to it, which is what she's trying to, been trying to avoid doing this whole time.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, okay. And Jamie's not wrong. Like, it does make you wonder, like, is this the first time Chris has shoved Jamie? She did right. not seem bothered at all by it. She did not seem apologetic at all by it. Nope. And, Jamie was kind of like, see, do you not see that this is a crazy lady.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and then again,
0: the the bringing the, the son into it, right? Mm-hmm. With the son getting arrested for drugs or whatever, which, yeah, that's why you had to stay. But you should have been back four months before that happened.
1: Right, like, right. And
0: so that you can't use that as an excuse of why you had to be there, because that happened literally four months after you said you were going to come back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and her like whole thing with like. I'll always be a mother first. I'll always choose my children over you. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, like, in terms of priority, considering you have grown-ass adult children. Yeah,
0: it's an adult, an adult child that you chose to leave in the United States without him. Yeah. So, to p- then pull, well, I'm a mother, and that comes first. And I'll and always like,
1: choose them. It's like, Well, then meh. maybe, why
0: did you move to Columbia then? It's definitely a – that's definitely a, a a kind of a two sided thing.
1: Yeah, it did make me kind of wonder though when she said that her son was into drugs. It's like, huh? You know, Chris, I couldn't really put my finger on you it, know, but she's got kind of like a meth adjacent look.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'll be honest about her. I didn't. I would wasn't. You know, I'm not going to make accusations for anything that I don't know anything about. But it's been in the back of my head the entire season with her.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's been in the back of my head since. We saw like the whole um wasn't she talking about like being on prescription pills or something like that?
0: Well, she has her neck and she she literally went back for the pain pills.
1: Yes. Like the
0: net pills for her No, it was for her or was it for her No, that was pills for her um narcolepsy. Right. Yeah.
1: But yes, she does have pain pills too. So it's like, yeah, it's that the thought has crossed my mind as well. So it would explain the difference in behavior for a lot of things. Okay, you know what? If anything gets answered in this tell-all, the one question that has been burning in my mind this entire time that no one seems uh-huh. to care about following up on, why did Chris ghost Jamie when they were just dating? <laughs> <laughs> like No one has answered that. I'm just like, oh my gosh.
0: See, my, the, see the question that burns on me that I can't get is you went back and then how did you completely run out of money in a month? Right. That money that was supposed to last you indefinitely forever. Right. Yeah. And you ran out of it in a month? Like that's that's the well, that's what I'm like, how did that happen? That's yeah. that seems craziest.
1: Yeah. Well, um I, I don't know. Yes, you're right. I hate to make accusations, but it seems like Drugs would be the answer to a lot of those questions.
0: Yes, it would. Yes, it would be a, it would be a very, say, simple explanation for it for a yeah. lot of the. Why would you? Oh yeah, right. Those, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would
1: you run out of money so soon? Oh yeah. well, drugs. You know. Or right. how did you end up staying there so long? Oh yeah, drugs.
0: Yeah. Why did you <laughs> randomly ghost somebody? Oh yeah, drugs. Like. Right, right,
1: right. So I mean, like I said, I I don't want to make accusations. Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. So we'll but see it where is things a go. Answer. With it. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, we still have at least one more episode with a tell all. So uh, who was your student of the week this week?
0: So I went with Jen because, like I said, I like I like the uh, sit down. Let me explain things to you with Rishi. Like, let's not be, I'm not gonna, we're going to sit down and I'm gonna ask what you think. I'm gonna tell you what the reality is, just so we're all clear. But I also thought during the tell all, she had a few interjections, but they were all like appropriate. It wasn't, she didn't necessarily come for anybody right. or do anything. So she was pretty good at the tell all. Because I don't want, I don't like it when they sit there in complete silence the entire time when it's not yeah. their turn. That's kind of boring, but. I don't like the ones who are like, I'm coming after you.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. And I think like at least so far, Gabe has, you know, done a fairly decent job of not remaining neutral, asking those questions without like – I don't know. But maybe I feel that way because he went after the people that I would have gone after. (laughs) Yes.
0: Right, right. Well, it's not just the people. It's like Mm -hmm. it's the people who – burst in on every question. Yeah. Well, I have an opinion yes. on that. Well, I have an opinion on that, too. I have an opinion on that. It's like, we're, okay.
1: Right. Fine. And, uh, yeah, and I, I think part of it, too, isn't necessarily Gabe injecting his opinion on people's situation. I think he's asking questions, which I think is fair. hmm And, you know, hopefully that's, a conversation, uh, but I didn't go with Gabe because you know meddling behavior is kind of eh, in the middle for me. Uh, <laughs> I actually went with Nicole. I think that she handled the situation with uh, uh conversations with other women like fairly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she was just like, "Yeah, I crossed the line," but I understand like nothing happened yet. But if it had gone on who knows and um just her even you know siding with Mahmood without really uh going against like what she believed in as well I thought was fair enough and she was diplomatic enough like on the tell all mm-hmm. so yeah feeling like she was uh still in a partnership sticking up for her partner okay. uh who was your dunce
0: uh <laughs> I think we should call him Robo-sama now. Like, (laughs) like, just – I mean, dunce in that he was being absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But it was one of the more entertaining tell-alls I've ever seen when they were all piling on him. I was laughing so much.
1: That's what I wish would happen, you know. And I think what ends up happening is you get situations like Gabe – who is just mm-hmm. like out of touch with like the reality? And you're just like, why are you supporting yes. them? Right. Yes.
0: I feel like, I feel like every other tell all uh-huh. we've had, we've had like, they're going to go after this guy so bad. And yeah. they all end up being like, game like, I kind of see where he's coming from. It's like,
1: how do you see where right. he's coming from? He's
0: insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. But at least in this one, it's like the only one that stuck up for Osama was the person that arguably would be in the same boat as him, uh, yes. Johan. So you're kind but of like, but that was funny it. too.
0: it yeah. like, Ah, uh, yes, everyone who works and wants one should just be given a green card by whoever they're married to. Right, wife?
1: Yeah, he's, <laughs> she's like, what? I'm not running a non-profit here. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was great. Um, I actually went with Chris uh, for Dunce, mostly because of what she did in the episode. Uh, okay, you put your hands on someone, that's automatic Dunce for me. Like, that's not right. So, mm. yeah. <sighs> All right, uh, what about your life lesson?
0: Yeah, I guess I'm going to go to Rishi because we you kind of started with, my, with what I said. But, like, yes, everything involved in relationship from making it to breaking it to <laughs> developing it requires to- both people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my life lesson actually probably applies to a couple couples. Um, at, you know, we're were I was kind of doing the math with my friend on this. It's like we have half the couples that stayed together. Half of them did not. Uh, but the half that did not – this life lesson is for you. When it's over, you can't keep contacting the person. That's how it becomes a not quite over situation. So, yeah, I'm
0: surprised. we I'm surprised we know it was a thousand calls because mm-hmm. somebody needs to show Debbie where that block button is.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, even Rishi and Jen, it sounds like they're reconnecting a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, at least, like I said, at least coordinating their outfits because I'm oh, a gosh. thousand percent sure that they coordinated those outfits.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll be back next week uh, with just the tell all this time. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. get to get some of our questions answered or who knows? We might not ever find out why Chris vo- ghosted Jamie.
0: Or we'll, we'll get to that. And then Sean will be like, well, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, so we'll be back again next week. All right. Mm. Okay, so until then, bye. Okay, bye.